Fantastic Four. Has it? I missed this. Has it been announced? No, it's never. It's not going to be announced probably till uh, Comic Con. You'd assume. Okay. Um, this is the one that's been making its way for like around for I don't know a week, but like insiders that are sort of credible, like they've all sort of saying the same thing that this is the cast, and if this is the cast, it's a pretty like incredible lineup. So the rumor is. Adam Driver is Mr. Fantastic, which has been going on for like like a year at this point, right? That he's been cast in that role. Yeah. Um, Margot Robbie is Sue Storm, which would be insane. Um, I know Jeff Snyder came out recently and said their first choice was Emma Stone, but they wouldn't give her the money that she wanted. Uh, Paul Mescal as the Human Torch. Oh, interesting. And David Diggs as The Thing. I'd have had that. I when I read that, I thought they might have been the other way around. Hmm. Paul has Human Torch. Let's go. That's yeah. that very interesting casting. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was a bit too old for it when you know thinking of it. Um, really? You know, how old is Paul Mescal? Well, I assume he's like early thirties. You know, but he doesn't exactly look like. He's Arab. He's twenty-seven. Oh, well, that's not as bad then. He doesn't look like that young, though. No, he's actually younger than us, mate. Yeah, Um, that's depressing. And then... Yep. (laughs) Yeah, and then for the thing, they they said they wanted a Jewish actor for it. You know? Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but is David Diggs Jewish? I think so. Is he? I think he is, yeah. I'm not 100% sure on that, but like I remember for a while... Oh yeah, his age, mother is Jewish, yeah. Yeah, so they were looking for a, a Jewish actor to play the thing. Um, They also wanted a person of colour like somewhere in the cast. So, I guess... Knock, knock them out in one. Yeah, they've done it in one, yeah. Um, no, I, David Diggs' stock is rising and it's well-deserved in my opinion. I like seeing the Hamilton guys do better. Yeah, well, I think all of this cast is fantastic. If this is like the the real cast then it's a good cast the only one that feels very fan casty to me is Margot Robbie but yeah I I never expected to be her caliber to be in it you know it feels too I don't know I think I might be getting Margot Robbie oversaturation yeah I'm I'm not getting that you know (laughs) (laughs) I I'm very much looking forward to Barbie at the moment you know one of the most anticipated movies of the year for me um, it's Greta Gerwig, I'm not that excited. <laughs> um, yeah, also, like with the Fantastic Four as well, uh, they obviously it's not happening now because there's a writer's strike, but they brought in the guy who wrote Avatar 2 with James Cameron to write the script, to rewrite the script. Um, apparently, like since uh, some of the Disney Plus shows and the reception of Ant Man, Marvel Studios have started bringing in like experienced more talented writers to come in and like redo a lot of the scripts so you got some true detective people coming in now to do blade uh the avatar guys coming in to do fantastic four and then you've got uh, did you watch the netflix series beef by any chance uh i started it um and i probably judged it too quick i was like five minutes in and i was on board or this is not doing it for me but i should go yeah i really enjoyed it um but the guy who wrote Beef 
uh, is rewriting Thunderbolts, which, uh, you know, is you know, you know what Thunderbolts is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're bringing in a lot more talented, not, not more talented as well, but proven talent and with a lot more experience. So it seems like Marvel is course correcting, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a good we thing. Haven't, haven't got to Fav- we haven't got to Favreau yet, so we're all good. They're not panicking. I yeah, I I really hope they my my stock and trust and belief in Favreau has truly dropped since Mando 3. Um I don't know why. Like I I kind of always had the same thing with Favreau. He's never done TV before, so Yeah, but I think that the quality... And he's always been he's always been seven out of ten max. Yeah, but he's not seven out of ten on, on Mando 3. He's like a five. I've not even watched like he he did two sort of duds for me in a row which is boba fett and mando 3 um so for me he's like you know he's 50 50 like he did two two good seasons of mando and then he did a not very good season and a not very good show of boba fett i think uh i think calling season two very good is a little bit of a stretch i didn't say very good i said good you said very good well, it's not bad. Like the first two seasons aren't bad at all. Like, no, um, they're not. I think the first season is very good. So for me, I'm, I'm, yeah. Favreau needs to do more to like earn my trust back. I think as a writer, um, yeah, like, especially like when you got other people over there, like you know, um, Tony Gilroy doing what he's done, and we haven't seen the other shows yet. But like from what we have seen of those shows, the Acolyte and skeleton crew they look more promising um than some of the work favreau's doing so yeah i don't know like i've lost a lot of faith in favreau did yeah. you watch Man 2? did i watch what sorry iron man 2 yeah i did watch iron man 2 he didn't write that though did he, he just directed it did you not write that okay i don't think so like i thought he um did. He, i didn't write iron man 1 i don't either. even know why i said that. i liked iron man 2 but did you yeah, I have a soft spot for it. Oh, that's a surprise. Um, yeah, oh, I, I, I don't like Iron Man. Louis, Louis Theroux's brother did it. Uh, cousin, sorry. Justin Theroux did the right. Interesting. I yeah. like um, those called Iron Man 3 a lot more than like most people, I think. Iron Man 3 is incredibly underrated. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. A lot. I think it's probably my, that's probably my favourite of the three. Uh... I, no, I still throw Iron Man one more, but I I find Tony Stark extremely annoying in Iron Man one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, he can be probably a bit a bit great in. Um, but yeah, no Marvel. If this is the cast, this is superstar cast, then it's probably how you really should launch the Fantastic Four. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the the cast will get a lot of people excited. Might get the taste out of. The bad taste out of the mouth in regards to like the last two efforts to adapt the Fantastic Four. Um, so just hopefully it's good. Hopefully Marvel learned their lessons of the past year, and hopefully we see the the fruits of that like from the movies to start releasing next year. Because Deadpool's next year, and apparently um, Magneto and Professor X and Storm are in it. So you know from the what? original movies. Oh, not Fassbender. No, so uh, 
Ian McKellen, you know, uh, Halle Berry, like they're they're supposedly coming back for it. Oh, fair enough. I don't know if you're excited for that movie at all, but that's what's happening. It seems. Yeah, I like the Deadpool films. Yeah. How are you feeling on Marvel now? Because you like at one point hit a Marvel fatigue. Yeah, and... I've not watched anything since I said that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you you gonna do you think you'll check out like Secret Invasion, for example? Probably not. No. No. Um. But you still plan on watching Guardians, don't you? Yeah, I will watch that. I'll just wait for it to come out. But I yeah. Won't. yeah. I'm looking I'm looking forward to watching that actually. I just haven't had the time to go to the cinema. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta prioritize these things and Fast Ten was more important. Fast Ten is more important. I can't believe that, by the way. What? That I, I didn't enjoy it? No, that I prioritized Fast well, Furious I... Ten over probably my favourite director. <laughs> Well, this just tells you the impact the family's had on your life, I think. You know, um, we watched the first, uh, B is like only sporadically seen a lot of these. Right. I bought like the bundle off iTunes. I think I told you that. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you had a, gr- uh, a good deal on it. A wicked deal. Um, and, uh, we watched the first one. And let me, I was not a fan of the first one. Do you remember when we first watched yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is trash. Why is anyone like this? Now I'm fully like on board. That film's a masterpiece. I told you, man, that's a good movie. I had like, so much fun. Yeah, it's it's incredible to think where I was they dreading came from. going back to it because I was like, oh, it's not as fun. Like, it doesn't. But. <laughs> well, like, for, for me, four is like uh, not very good. Like, four is like way lower down. And that's when it starts to turn into like. The franchise that it became yeah um, i was trying to tell b this i was like we watched the we watched it and then we watched the trailer for the next one mm-hmm. and i was like vin diesel's not in this she was like yeah. what i was yeah. like i was like b the story of this franchise is true cinematic folklore by this point and you're watching it and you're like i can't believe this is how this all started he was supposed to be in the second one by the way he was, was it? i thought he pulled out because he didn't want to do it anymore no, he, he. They offered him like a lot more money. Uh, well, he wanted like way more money than he than the they were offering. Like, he didn't want to do it, so but he would if they gave him like X amount of money. They didn't do it, so then they wrote the Roman character. So it would have been Dom and Brian in in Miami, is what it would have been. Um, so and obviously, Vin Diesel likes surrounding himself with very attractive women. So you could definitely see like a little love triangle, I suppose, between Brian, uh, Dom, and even Mendez's character, whose name I cannot remember. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, let me know what she thinks of them if she actually enjoys them. Did she yeah. enjoy the first she, one. She she was in, yeah, yeah, enjoying it. She was like, "This is actually good." And I was like, "I know." Yeah, well, Jason's been watching them for the first time as well. Oh yeah, because because he's heard how much you and I like talk about this and love him um and uh yeah his he's got to eight at the moment i think and he said like he loves eight seven's his favorite um and seven's his favorite that's interesting but surprisingly like, his second favorite is the fourth one. Oh, yeah which is, well we'll see we'll see how i find that going back yeah because you did have a good time with that one from where i remember 
Yeah, I'm wondering. I think we should do it chronologically. I might leave Tokyo Drift until when it's meant to be. Yeah, I feel oh like, yeah, you definitely should be doing that. Yeah. I think like the impacts that will have will be. Oh yeah, it's funny. You go back. It's 2011, but they're all using like flip phones. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, I just looked it up. Apparently, Vin Diesel didn't come back uh, because he didn't see any way that they could recreate the magic of the first one. And he didn't have as much artistic control. So oh, yeah, they gave him all the artistic control, didn't they? Like later on. Um I also found out recently that Timothy Oliphant was offered the role of Dominic Toretto. Oh my what could have been? Yeah. <laughs> he said I'm... he said this. This is what I remember being in a room full of big CEOs and the people who own the franchise. We were at a dinner in London celebrating the success of the film. One other guy said, we have to do this again. I remember telling everyone at the table, you can't do this again. You can't touch it. You have to leave it alone. This guy loves it. Yeah, I don't believe him, do you? Like, I think Vin then is a different Vin to what we've got now. You know? Like, yeah, I, I don't believe him. I don't <laughs> The way this guy talk. If we sequelized it the way studios were doing at the time, just slapping a story together, I'd ruin the chance of the first one becoming a classic. I was an idealist, and to me, the script wasn't continuing the story. If you're going to do a sequel, do it like Francis Ford Coppola. Do it like <laughs> one of the literary greats. But that wasn't what they were doing. They were capitalizing on the brand and milking the success of it as long as they could. Mm -hmm. He's just like George Lucas. He is like... I can't believe he's comparing Fast and Furious to The Godfather. Well, I can. He compared it to Lord of the Rings. He's compared it like Shakespeare. Like, look, they were capitalizing on the brand and milking the success of it as long as they could. We're just in Fast and Furious ten, and he's on about doing ten part two and <laughs> ten part three. Like, yeah, he's like it's like you know what they say about George Lucas. Like, he became the thing he was like against. Yeah. Um, that is Vin. Vin is just like George Lucas. Yeah, you know? but these are good. These are good fun. We love it. I love it. Long may, <laughs> long may it continue. Yeah, B's, B, B loved it. There's some. I forgot how many of the classic lines that we quote a lot are in that film. Yeah, you know, there's a bit where they say, "There's a bit that like there's a lot of moments that make you like clap." You know, you're like mm -hmm. hey, have any brew you want as long as it's a Corona. Like that's a classic right. line in Fast and Furious folklore. And then there's also like. Uh, Brian, at some point you got to choose your family. I was like, oh wow! Did Dang. you like see that the you know for Fast Ten where like little B was doing the like the donuts? Yeah, it's man. in that one, like it's where Brian was doing them. Um, yeah. Recently, only occurred to me why Brian was asking Mia for a tuna fish sandwich. I've only now got that, like however many years later. I still haven't got it. Think oh. about it. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't believe that. Well, he kept asking. He said it's the best tuna fish sandwich in LA. No, I don't believe that. I oh. think you, I think your filthy brain is in the gutter. Maybe, you know. But it's a weird thing to keep saying, you know. He like he liked tuna. It's fine. <laughs> but he does, you know. Yeah, um, she's also she is. I know that the the other guy's a bit of a dick. What was his name? Jesse. No, not Vince. Jesse. Vince, yeah. I know he's a bit of a dick, but she... she I felt a bit bad for him at one point. Mm -hmm. When yeah. she was like, what's that Argentinian restaurant? Uh, 
that you always take me to and he got all excited he like went all vulnerable and then she was like oh brian you can take me there i was like oh man that is... <laughs> i was like that is that is hard man yeah yeah also, Le- letty looks great in that film yeah michelle rodriguez was what she was like i think she was 19 when she did the first fast and furious movie yeah um, great movie i enjoyed it much I enjoy my favorite guy is uh the i think he's the fbi guy um mm-hmm. you want time by the magazine what a line <laughs> what nice. a line yeah what a line uh, so what are you putting on too fast um i don't know might be tomorrow yeah yeah that that I, one I, we watched the trailer because what the great thing they did is they made a bunch of trailers in like modern day yeah they did yeah they did the legacy trailers mm-hmm. so they're a lot more watchable than if you tried to watch a because that's what we like to do when we watch them when we're watching like a franchise of films we and b we like watch the film and then we put the trailer on for the next one mm-hmm. like a little little paster yeah and um yeah so that's been helpful and we watched that and it just has the bit where um they're like looking at each other mm-hmm. for ages and i'm like that is that is the iconic part of that film Objecto Cito Curves is the iconic part of that film. That is true. And we're hungry. And, and forget, forget about, about a cur. Forget about a cur. <laughs> so good. So, so good. There's, you know, in the uh, the trailer for the third one. Mm. Yeah. Have you seen the legacy trailer for the third one? No, I don't think I've watched the legacy trailers outside of the first one. Like, they were no. putting up new ones recently, right? For the run up for 10. Yeah. You yeah. should watch the legacy trailer for the third one. Because we're watching it, and a, a significant portion of that trailer is Vin's whole cameo at the end, and I'm like, oh. no, you can't, you can't mm. do that. <laughs> right? That yeah, that's wrong. That was like a post-credit scene before post-credit scenes. Like it doesn't count. Yeah, you, yeah. Can't, you can't have that as a significant part of the film. It's false advertising, Vin. You mm. know he was like, no, you got to put that in there. Oh yeah, yeah. That was definitely a Vin decision, hundred um, percent. I can't believe oh. we ended up talking about the family. You know, it wasn't in the That's notes. Was... Look, Vin Diesel is on the cover art of this podcast. He is. Yeah, he's integral to this he podcast. Is. At, at this point, this is a fast, more of a Fast and Furious podcast than it is a Star Wars podcast. I so... wonder how people feel about that. Nobody ever tells me, you know? like. <laughs> look, I think we've got people that like this for what it is at this point. I'd assume so. If you've stuck around at this, like for this yeah. one. You if know, you want yeah. a Star Wars podcast, this isn't the one. No, but uh, what do you think of the box office of Fast 10? It's crazy, isn't it? Because it's like third highest grossing film of the year so far, right? Yeah, it made 60 in opening weekend in the States and it made 250 internationally. So that shows like the difference between, you know, the people in the States and the rest of the world, like how they view the franchise. It looks like the States. Do you think part of it is where like this is like cheesy America and we love it? And the Americans are like, this is stupid. No, I think I think Americans are just tired of the franchise. Do you think it's point. like the James Corden effect? Like over there, they like, oh, he's British and charming. Whereas over here, we're like, we hate James Corden. They also don't like James Corden. Yeah, I know. I mean, everyone always catches up mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually, but they liked him for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's tiring over there now for them. I don't um, know what's tiring about this. Yeah, I don't know. But it's the only thing so I can much think fun. of. Seven diminishing returns now over there. Um, obviously succeeding really well internationally. What I'm disappointed I in feel, is... I feel like it's like... Even over here, there's like... 
I'm doing a great job of converting people to watching this, by the way. Mm -hmm. The amount of people that are like, oh, I think I might watch Fast and Furious are like, just because of how I talk about it. And they love it. Right. It's yeah. exciting. It's an exciting time. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I wanted that. I didn't think this would be a billion dollar film. They haven't had a billion dollar Fast and Furious since. Oh, it could be. Eight. Well, it's tracking now for like 110 to 130 million. All said and done. So I think it's going to do a bit less than Fast 9. So I think Vin's ideas of uh, milking 10 for two more movies is not going to happen. I think it'll be one. Because this movie costs 340 million. I do struggle million. to like, see how they stretch it out into three. But, you know. Yeah. Well, it's also like this movie costs 340 million to make. I yeah, think that's the problem is that if I, if it had if it had been if it had cost half that amount, yeah, then uh, we'd be looking at a complete success because it's like I think it's how much is it made globally? It's like 650, 700, isn't it? What currently? Yeah, it's high, mate. Like, it's like, really high. Like four hundred. No, I think it's more than that. No, was, I'm telling you, it's like four hundred. If that. Hold on. <laughs> Are you, are you doing the research? Yeah, I saw a tweet. Yeah, uh, it's, not, it's not reached 600 yet. Like, it wouldn't have done that in, a, in just over a week. Okay, it's crossed half a bill. Right. It's uh, at, as of, yeah, worldwide, it's as of the weekend. It was at 507. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm sure I saw it at cross six. Anyway, um, a Little Mermaid didn't do well. Either way, Little Mermaid didn't do well. Not internationally, it did well in the states. I think it opened to like one twenty in the states, and well, then it I made think, sixty I million. Think people, I think people are bored. I know, I think so too. And uh, just to slip that in there, you have a website now for Hyperion Gazette. I do. Yeah, I wrote a little a little post on that. I did share on Twitter if anybody wants to find it. I did um, It's very kind. So, yeah, but this is what's mental, man. So, Guardians has reached 659 globally. Mm -hmm. But Fast is only 160 behind it. That's not... Yeah. That's pretty good. That's just the problem is because it costs so much. It makes mm -hmm. it not look that good. But, like... People the problem. Like that, it's the problem Indiana Jones is going to have as well. That movie costs about $350 million to make. Do you think part of it is that they've had to do like loads of they had to change the director, do rewrites? I mean, that all costs money, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I think I think it's definitely that. We know from uh, when Justin Lin like quit, we knew that Vin kept changing. Yeah, so I wonder. I wonder if they're like, yeah, you can have three, but you can't. You gotta like pick a lane. <laughs> yeah, can't. yeah, because the guy who ended up doing, he said when he was on the plane. He was being told he had to rewrite the third act, and then on the on the flight over, he was uh, he was then trying to rewrite the second act. And he said he just basically rewrote the entire film later on. Um, but they said like Vin would change things on a whim, like entire like sequences would just be thrown out because he had a different idea that he thought was really cool. Like, yeah, I wonder if they'll sit him down and they go because well, ultimately he's the secret source. He knows. But I also think. Like apparently he gave himself like a big pay rise for this movie. Um well, as he was he, a producer. Yeah, as he gave I think he also gave the cast a pay rise as well. 
but he's also keep he keeps hiring like more people like expensive people yeah there, like, was no, Alan there wasn't really any need for Brie Larson was there no like why is Helen Mirren in three of these movies it's just because he wants to work with them be like oh we've got Helen Mirren in it that's all it is like, yeah when she showed up I was like you're just here to because Vin wants you yeah yeah <laughs> like that's it but um yeah it's all, again it's all this stuff happens and I'm like this this is what this this damn series does is there's like it just assumes that this is where things have gone and, and it hasn't they've made it out like she's like his mother figure and it's like it's weird yeah because like the i'm the... like this isn't it no you can't you don't get to just have him like in this film they were like she's like holding her hand on his cheek and like acting like like mother i'm like no there's not um you haven't heard this <laughs> right yeah yeah it it's also, ludicrous, uh, man. Is it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the like him forcing the Hell and stuff to happen every movie. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Didn't uh, was it the first one she was in was it seven or eight? Like that was it's, cool. It's just stupid. We just oh it. yeah, big time stupid. Um, <laughs> but you know, we're we're along for the ride. Um, did I tell you about the? Did we talk about the spin-offs he's trying to get going? Yeah, awesome. we did, but we don't need to go there again. We need, yeah. to, we need to, we need to. We've got on a Fast and Furious yeah. stunt. We need to carry on. Yeah. So uh, we have updates on the Game of Thrones stuff. Um, House of Dragons season two is still filming. HBO said they're going to release it uh, in the summer of next year. Um, obviously, we know from before it's going to be shorter seasons than what we had initially. Um, and they said they plan to do four seasons of it now, like. Four more seasons, including this one. So we get five in total. Um, they also said that the Hedge Knight, that's the other one, right? Um, yeah, they, they said didn't, they didn't have a name for it, did they? Yeah, they said that's gonna uh, be three seasons, and they're gonna be uh, short seasons. I don't know what how many episodes that's gonna be. Um, they didn't say, but they said it's gonna be shorter than what House of Dragon has. There are three books, aren't there? So that makes sense. So. And then when they were asked about the Jon Snow thing, they said that might not even be a thing. Okay. So I thought that was like a short bet to happen. The Jon Snow one. I thought that would be like huge for them. I, assumed, I assumed they were doing that to retcon what happened. Yeah, I kind of thought they they definitely would have done it, but the way she was talking, the HBO executive, it wasn't like guaranteed to happen. And she was actually very like um, not down on it, but like played it down that it could happen. Really played it down that it could happen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like obviously, you're a big Game of Thrones fan. Um, so like, what are your thoughts on any of these like shows coming out? Do you, if you'd asked me before house of dragon i'd have been like i don't think there's any room to care about anything that isn't the main mm -hmm. story and then house of dragon came out and i loved it so i'm fine with them just doing prequels if they if they don't i i don't blame them for being really careful about the john so series mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. yeah yeah like i kind of trust hbo they've they've regained my trust um yeah 
so uh yeah i'll leave it to the experts you know yeah as soon as they have something like wrap up like they have something else to go you know it, they have the last of us now you know euphoria is obviously very big for them um <clears throat> and yeah we're gonna the like, idol of course the idol which happens on sunday monday for us you know and you're gonna watch it awesome gonna be there i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it uh, i think it comes at 2am for us i'm gonna watch it 2am yeah like you're, a, you're a weekend super fan yeah i listen i like sam levinson as well like the guy who made euphoria so for me it's i know it has had great reviews yeah, um sounds, sounds like a total disaster but listen a lot of people hate on sam levinson for euphoria season two and Euphoria season two is actually good it's got some of the best cinematography I've ever seen in a TV show. Um, and I think the performances in there are very good. So I'm interested to see in what they do. I know a lot of people, a lot of the critics have complained specifically about the graphic nature of the show. And <laughs> my opinion currently is controversy sells in things like this if you say this TV, this tv show is too controversial for tv people are gonna tune in um that's maybe that's a silly opinion that i have but it's kind of like the forbidden fruit right like if you say don't touch it somebody's gonna touch it um yeah i i don't know this might be a big success for them even though it's critically panned at the moment um yeah i assume you're not going to watch the idol no no, you don't like the weekend's music anyway, right? So I'm not against it. I just think I just think he's he he was really exciting at the start, doing really different stuff, and then he like got a massive hit, and then didn't move on. What's that gonna do with the idol? <laughs> like, well, you just asked. Gonna... I like, no, you just asked if I liked his music. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to make... No, don't change the goalposts. You just said you're not a fan of The weekend's music anyway, and I told you why I'm not a fan of The weekend's music, and then you were like, yeah, what's that got to do with The Idol? I'm like, no, no, you don't get to do that. Yeah, listen, right... The Idol just doesn't appeal. Fair, yeah. If it'd been um, getting great reviews, I might, but it doesn't, mm -hmm. and it sounds like a nightmare, so no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm up for it, you know? You cheeky little monkey. Listen, I've told you before, the weekend's music isn't what you like, isn't just blinding lights and like that stuff. It you is. know? It's not. It's generally not. Like you listen to his album, there's only like a couple of those on it. You know? Take my breath away. It, yeah, like again, yeah, he does a couple of them, you know? In um, your eyes. Again, that's the second one he does on that album with blinding lights. And Save Your Tears is the third. Yeah, and there's another one. Uh, which uses the Tears for Fears sample. Secrets. That's from a few years yeah. back. Secrets. Yeah, that's my point. It's all boring. Listen. The Can't Feel My Face album was amazing. Whatever that album was. See, called. I think that's his worst album. Yeah, well, you're part of the problem. <laughs> I'm not. Like, on his on like his other albums after that, like and before it, it's like a lot darker. I enjoyed yeah. Beauty Behind the Madness, all right. I don't think it's bad, but I think it's his worst album. You know, my favorite album of his is After Hours, which is the Blinding Lights album. Of course it is. Um, but it's not because of Blinding Lights. <laughs> so, I've been here since day one. Blinding Lights was know? a good song. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not debating that, but you know. 
We need to put weekend in Fast and Furious, you know? Yeah, no, you can't. They can't afford these kind of artists. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> I tell you, that's, that is one thing that's gone downhill with Fast and Furious. They haven't had a good, like, Fast and Furious song. No, we're at the point where we're basically living off of past glories. They're throwing yeah, Gasolina like... in there again, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, we love yeah. Gasolina, but... Yeah, like, they haven't had a, a good song since... Seven. The best, so, the best song in nine was the Tokyo Drift song that they played when they went and found the Tokyo Drift guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the best also, song they have to come back. Like you can't put them back in. Yeah, no, they have to. Yeah, they like they have to come back. You know, I I hope they get Eva Mendes back. I I know that she's kind of retired from acting, but I hope they get her back for this. And yeah, it's CGI Paul with his brothers. You know, like I'm sure the brothers would allow it. Um, yeah, only, obviously only if they're allowed. But like you've got, to, yeah. you've got to have Brian back in some way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so we always end up back at the family. You know, we, we always do. end up. We do. Um, All roads lead. Yeah, but you look at you seriously though. You look at you look at that. <laughs> you look at the soundtrack, and it might be because I'm like not in America, and I'm not a big part. I'm not like a huge fan of like the Latin music scene. Um. But yeah, like you've never heard of any of those guys. <laughs> no, like looking at the yeah, like the track list. I, I I listened to the album. I think the day before the movie came out or something. And uh, did you lose yeah. your crap when you heard the Gasolina remix? No, I, <laughs> I I don't mind the uh, the less ride song, but it's the one from the first trailer. Do you remember that? Yeah, I'm being dangerous. Hey, like, Fast Nine had Lane Switcher on it, and that is a banger. Don't remember it. Lane Switcher is Skepta, so you know. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, because it's because he went to like he went to London briefly, didn't he, in that movie? Yeah, they like oh. going to London now. Yeah, it's probably an excuse to put it in Helen Mirren. So. Yeah, yeah, because it means that they don't have to they don't have to fly her out. Like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so we move on to. One of the greatest TV shows that ever existed. Succession. Succession. Oh, yeah. I think it is. We might be talking top three. It's up there, man. You know, it's, it's going to go... I'm actually not joking. Like, it might be top three. Is, is that for you or you think in general? I, I actually think in general. Yeah, I, I... Is there a show that's been that consistently incredible i don't know i obviously there's greats like i love the sopranos and breaking bad better call Saul. like there was, was like no there's like no dips no there's it no like, dips. it like starts at a seven out of ten and climbs to a nine by the end of the first season and then it just stays there it's amazing mm -hmm. yeah we obviously we started um we we talked about the first episode of season four like well, what march or whatever it was um so we haven't talked about the season as a whole at all um on the on a podcast we haven't even really spoken to each other about it since it aired on sunday monday right um i don't think we've said anything to each other other than we both enjoyed it so what's your thoughts on the season four as a whole and then the the series finale um just tens all around Tens all round for the for every episode. 
Yeah, I think so. Every episode was just amazing. We spoke about it every week and we never had anything bad to say. No, we never had anything bad to say. Every episode we were like, oh, wow, it's better than the last. Like, it's just amazing. Yeah, it got to a point in the season where I think it might have been post-Logan. Like, where it was just... All bangers all the time. All bangers all the time. Like, you thought you had, like, an Emmy-winning performance from an actor in one episode, and you'd follow up on another episode, and it's like, somebody else is doing it and going above and beyond, and it's like, how the story went and the momentum. The thing the thing is, what I loved about the season, and what I love about the ending, which is, which I think is why people, some people don't like the ending, is because they built us up throughout the, post-Logan's death, was, right, the, the two kids, Roman and Kendall, they're gonna like interim it. They're gonna be the CEOs until it's sold. And then they give us hope that no, they're gonna take it back. They're gonna keep it in family. They're gonna, they're gonna win. And obviously, you had Shiv backstabbing them with Madsen throughout. Um, and I like Shiv, and this is clearly credited how they've written her and. Uh, Sarah Snook's performance but there's times this I was like oh I hate you <laughs> times I hate yeah, you this, this. And she, do you know what she's right uh, there's a bit where she says you've been trying to steal the crown and the minute I do I'm the see you next Tuesday which mm-hmm. then led to maybe my favourite line in that yeah, oh <laughs> yeah when he said I, it I was I like I didn't write this <laughs> see as a see does and I was mm-hmm. like Oh boy, <laughs> it's incredible, and yeah. the delivery was perfect. Um, but it was like the- I was, I was rooting for Kendall. Yes, I. Yeah. I think the writers wanted us to. Hundred um, percent. But, and I was like, Shiv, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And uh, Shiv wasn't doing anything different to what Kendall was doing. And I wonder if, when she said, "What's the difference?" It was almost like, and I'm not. This is deep, but it's like, were they? And he's like shouting, I'm the eldest boy later on, isn't he? Are, are yeah. they like basically, it was almost like a reflection on, um, yeah, it was almost like making us confront like our inbuilt misogyny. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe they didn't mean that, but it just, that's how it felt. It was like suddenly staring me in the face. I was like, why do I want Ken to win? It's just because he's become one of our favorite characters. It's because, like, like yeah, they made Kendall more likable. I think is that he was—he's the oldest boy. He's not the oldest boy, but you know no, what I mean. But I do think they made Kendall more likable. Like he is a bit more tragic than Roman and and um, and Shiv. And like we've seen, like what Logan obviously had a bad impact on all of the kids. But like we've seen, like Kendall seems to have maybe the worst of it. Um. I don't even know though. I don't even know about that. But even but like throughout the season, like it seems like once once Logan went, Kendall started to thrive. You know, he um, was. But he was also sorry. Tough. Stop. It's just a dog. Stupid dog. She's <laughs> barking out the window. Um. Uh. Yeah. It's, it, I, he was still erratic, like he was still dumb, mm. he was still stupid. And when Roman was doing his stupid firing everyone, and he and he massively, like if he doesn't fire Jerry, then they might win. She was right. Jerry was like, 
I she, didn't she say like I could have taken you all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and she's right, but he sort of backed her. He he backed him through that because I think he was just getting off on vibes and. But then there was moments where, like, you know, Kendall goes on stage and, like, he kills it in that Live and Plus presentation. And Matson tweets what he does. And Kendall hands it like a pro. They get the stock prices to raise, like, from from their, like, times as CEOs. And then, obviously, the funeral as well. Like, Roman breaks down and Kendall goes up to the podium and takes over. And, and again, like, because they say later on, like, Roman says it, he's like... Because I screwed up at the funeral, like people don't yeah, believe in me now. Because like I cried at my dad's funeral. Yeah, you know, and like this, like talking about stock prices and like, yeah, even the funeral has an impact on it, like how Roman spoke or how Kendall spoke. Um, so it they they kind of built us to this point of like wanting the brothers to take it back to to botch the deal and ultimately for kendall to become ceo because he has like the he, he did have the killer in it at yeah some point. Of, the, of the three of them he was yeah because i i but ultimately i think he loses because he didn't have enough of the killer in it yeah but we then get to the the finale and throughout the entire thing like it, it is like neck and neck uh like shiv is proper team Matson at this point really push it for it they're trying to get Roman because he's on AWOL and yeah and throughout that entire episode they the, the, the kids come to the conclusion that it should be Candle and it's like ho- like not hopeful I, I don't think that's the right word but it's satisfying because you think like oh they're gonna give it to him and this is what we wanted we want Kendall to get it yeah we and, did and I, the show wanted us to want Kendall yeah 100% and he's overjoyed he's over the moon they have that fantastic moment in the kitchen which was together. the last scene they shot apparently yeah um feels like it as well yeah they're, so they're a great time there they a fantastic time there and then um, i'd love to know if uh roman licking the cheese was in the script or if that was a yeah we well, could buy the script now probably you know yeah i'm going to yeah. i think they are glorious and uh um, well, we know jeremy strong did drink the drink um so yeah, no, and then you get to the point where like this and this is where I think people's complaints come in about this the finale not being very good. And people some people were scared that Shiv might become like the new Skylar from Breaking Bad. Um you know, where she's a very disliked character because of decisions she's made in this episode, the last one. Um but it was it felt perfect for the show. I don't. To the people that were disappointed, I don't know what show you've been watching. Like Shiv has been, Shiv has been. uh, I mean, they all all the kids have, but like, they killing Logan off so early was just a complete masterstroke. Like none, I don't. I wager none of us would have had the balls to do that. No, no, no. Um, But they did kill him off, and what that did is it put the kids in like a mental emotional state. So mm-hmm. all of their erratic behaviours are completely justified just by that fact alone. Like, Shiv's not been dealing very well with Logan's well, She said death. she was fucking those rooms 20 she minutes a day to go cry. cry. Yeah. And then she, like, hears, she's, like, all in for, like, doing her thing. And then she gets betrayed by Tom, basically. Mm-hmm. And she, like, gets Again. all angry. And, she, and she's like, oh, I want to stick it to him. And then eventually, like... They, there is cues. There's like the, you can tell she's sort of reluctantly okay for it, 
you know, mm. both both Roman and Shiv are, but I think Roman's more just like wants to keep his family happy and Shiv she's they have been at loggerheads all season and they completely disagreed on how I mean, don't forget it was um uh it was Kendall that ultimately okayed the them announcing that the president had won. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. she's been completely at loggerheads of that and she suddenly like the, the Kendall moment... only only okayed it after he found out that Shiv has been betraying them. Yeah, exactly. It was like to spite her. So there's a lot of little like it's funny, it's like it shows how this is like it's not called House of Cards the show, but it just shows that like it is just a massive house of cards. Like if as people had done things if some of these characters done things slightly differently and it's ultimately that's what the whole commentary of the show is. It's like these massive, great big organizations which like Waystar Royco probably employs tens of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Um like it's all at the whims of how these super rich people like feel on any given day. Mm-hmm. And it's all about them. They're not like at no point are they at, like it's massive. It dawned on me like right at the end, and I'm 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 at the, I'm of the opinion that the show is so genius that it meant to. But he goes into the office, Kendall, and he's like looking out the window, and he's on this massive, great big building. And suddenly, I was like, "This company is massive." It's like, mm-hmm. why does he even want it? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Other than just to be like, "I'm the king of the castle." Do you know what I mean? Well, he's, he says that he feels like he's been prepped for it since he was like seven, right? Yeah. There was also a tacit acknowledgement there, where they were like, "I'm a cog that only fits in this machine." So he's like, mm-hmm. he's openly acknowledged that he doesn't have the skills to actually do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, but like, the, I bit, think... the, bit, the bit where Shiv, sorry, the bit where Shiv, where I was like, oh, the bubble was burst for Shiv here, was when he put his feet on the desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like see the look of disgust in her eyes, and I was like, okay. I, ultimately, I thought Roman would be the one that said no. Mm-hmm. Or said yes to the deal, sorry. Yeah, I, again, I think if people, if, if Kendall ultimately did get the company, I think those people complaining about the finale wouldn't be complaining. But like that's never been this show. It doesn't. It's not supposed to give you what you want. So like we're going to talk about Ted Lasso, which is the complete opposite. Whereas Ted Lasso will give you what you want. Like it will give you what you think is going to happen. Whereas it, Succession it didn't. It didn't. But we'll get to that. But Succession isn't that. You know, Succession, Succession is tragedy, and ultimately, yeah. ultimately, it, it is a commentary on like rich people. And how ridiculous it's, their world is. It's, and it's, what I found ridiculous in the episode is is when um when they when they t- Kendall goes into the, into the back into the office and they said like it's over you've lost like seven to six and he he dis- he goes away doesn't he and then it pans down the corridor and you see Tom walking up with like an entourage of people and they, they start playing the Succession theme as he's walking up and yeah. I was like for some reason that gave me chills and I'm like. You know, why yeah, Tom, is this Tom, giving me Tom one? Tom one, yeah, oh yeah, big time. Like um, I, the whole time, they were like, and again, it's just it's so good, and it's like, but he didn't win, but he did mm. win for him. So mm. it's like he's not he's the CEO, but he's not. You know, he's a puppet. Yeah, yeah, which he, he said he's happy to be. Yeah, they don't care. Like there was like they've been basically been saying basically how, and this is another thing, like because Tom wasn't in the family. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's incompetent, right? Mm-hmm. He's obviously not. 
No. Okay. He's obviously not incompetent, but, but but because the show, and this is what I, this is kind of what I've realised watching this last season is the whole show has been from the perspective of the kids, mm-hmm. and I think that scene where they're watching the TV, and it's like Logan and they're singing and they're all having a laugh and they're not talking about business, they're just having fun, and mm-hmm. Kerry's like stroking his arm. It's like, oh, we didn't see any of that, and it's because we only saw Logan through the mm. lens of the kids the kids were the mm. narrators if that makes sense yeah. and they were unreliable narrators so yeah. it's like so suddenly I'm like oh Tom obviously isn't incompetent otherwise people would not be putting him in positions of power but like the whole time we're told how ba- we're basically shut, made to think he's incompetent even Shiv's like oh he'll suck the biggest dick in the room like that sort of thing another explicit tag for the episode um, but um, <laughs> yeah it's like he gets when it's just it was just him and Matson talking, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is going terribly." Like Matson's just going to fire him any minute, and yeah. then uh, uh, Skarsgård, by the way, like sensational, like what an addition! Yeah, he's been fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, um, if, if you needed someone to fill the hole of Brian Cox, you found him. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the show, but the, when he's like, "Oh, do my do your," I need an elevator pitch on Tom. And Tom mm-hmm. said it. Dom did the elevator pitch, and suddenly it was like, "Oh, you're exactly what he wants." Yeah, it's the balls as well that he had, like Skarsgård, to tell Tom about his wife. Like, I might want to. He did it on purpose. Oh yeah, he absolutely. I think. Did it I on think purpose. he did that. Anybody... I think he did yeah. that. Yeah, to get a judge of of Tom yeah. when Tom just like didn't react. I mean, it also showed that like everyone just acts on emotion. Hmm. Yeah. Tom, Tom has the self-control not to. Yeah, and I don't know if you noticed this, there was a moment in the last episode uh, where, in, in the episode before this last one, where they were like, "Oh, um, did you notice Logan? At least we don't have to listen to him grind his teeth." By the way, that that moment when like uh, Caroline, uh, his his ex-wife and their their mum, like went and got Kerry and was like, "Oh, this one's my Kerry," and then they all sat in mm-hmm. a row, and there was even Marsha was like. Put a hand on Kerry, and they're like, really, yeah, yeah, that like had this like rough. It was so, it was so bizarre, but like, mm-hmm. but they were all sort of getting on like some sort of weird family, and then they they like had this joke, like, at least we don't have to listen to him grind his teeth anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Tom was like, I grind my teeth every night, worrying. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you are the you are the one. <laughs> and it was also like throughout the season, Tom kept saying he's happy to serve, he's happy to serve, he's happy and- to serve. Also. Also, he missed the funeral for work, and he I, missed the funeral for work. Yeah. I think that was, I think that was a big deal. Yeah, that's a Logan move, right there. It was, it was a Logan move. Yeah, yeah. And Tom has like the killer instinct. Like he goes, he like in obviously in season three, like he went against his wife. You know, like when he says yeah. to Greg, like you know, you know, do you want to sell your soul to the devil? You know, um, and he he, he does what he does. Like Tom. He's only out for himself. He has the killer instinct, and which is what, like, obviously, Logan said that Kendall's been missing, and that the kids, as a whole, aren't serious people. Um, so, yeah, I I like that it is Tom, and I also like that he's also he's in a loveless marriage. Like, she, it seemed like Shiv, like this season, kept try, like once she knew she was pregnant, kept trying to find a way to get back with Tom. I feel like he took the power in the relationship. Yeah, he did. And 
you, you know, even I think it was like the episode before they're talking, and he's like, I don't know if I don't know if I want this. I don't think I yeah. do. Like, then he go, it's when they get in the car at the end, and he's in the car shift, and he puts his hand out, and mm. she puts her hand like in an awkward position, and he doesn't adjust. Yeah, he so, doesn't close it. He doesn't yeah, close his hand. Like, all of it. And Shiv just looked. She looked utterly destroyed there. It's like, basically, you play. All the kids, basically, other than Roman, end up completely miserable. <laughs> yeah, and, and Connor. Connor's not miserable. Connor's not miserable, no. He might be, actually. Connor might actually be miserable, because she was looking forward to him disappearing and her yeah. living in that apartment, right? So, um, yeah, but... Also, he's the one that probably had the best relationship with his dad because you see him there. He's able to take the mick out of him, mm. and and Logan yeah. laughs. Yeah, Connor's yeah. taking the mick out of him, and Logan's laughing, and then and then he knew about the uh, the weird, which clip. is also kind of goes back to the one of the first episodes of this season where Logan is in a room telling people to roast him. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I think he liked it. Yeah, yeah, he does like it. You know, because at the time, me and you were like, yeah, he clearly misses, like, Roman. He misses the kids. Yeah. Like, does nobody tell jokes anymore? Uh, going back to that, because Greg is the only one who did it. Greg has been insufferable for a lot of this season. Like, obviously, purposely. Um, yeah, I think he, he played... He played... I... He played it well. He did. Yeah, and then you, you go into a place as well then with Greg. He did the... He, he was... Cop, like he kept calling the quads, right? And he was like doing worse versions of what they were. So he was like doing things for play. Like, Shiv has him in that room. She says, "Like, do you find me attractive?" Like, and all, all this swim and like, and yeah, he kept. That was another great line. To try and keep him to like not say anything about her, not her Matson, and he uses it at the exact point where he needs to. Yeah, he, you know she's been horrible to him that episode, and Kendall figures it out, and he tells him straight up. And again, then later in the in in the in the final episode, he calls Kendall and is like, "You need to promise me an important role for what I'm about to tell you, or others I'm not going to tell you." Yeah, like, and you know, again, I I like that Greg has learned. I like that he's done all this. Um. And even at the end, like Tom's still like, I got you. You know, Tom Tom he, still has him. Yeah, but also from Tom's perspective, he's bought his loyalty forever now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, he puts a little sticker on him. He's like, Tom, I own yeah. you. Tom gets it. Mm. Like in hindsight, it makes so much sense. Like the way I don't know, I just thought the ending was perfect. I, just thought I it was do too. It, was, yeah, it, then... it, it genuinely was perfect. It was an hour and a half long, which was good. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I just, and the end shot, you know, they all the, I don't know if you saw this, all the kids got the behind the head shot. Yeah, they did. The yeah. Intro. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, Tom did. Yeah, and Tom. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's just, you know, when it ended, it had almost that feel of you can't end it here. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, I uh, it. but it's the thing as well, like, I think all, all the the kids and and Tom, they all all had a, a moment in this season where they like really like shown as actors, like uh, yeah. you know, there was times like specifically with Roman, I was like, oh, he's so good, like he's gonna get an Emmy for this, like he's he's like he's brilliant. There was you know when they yeah, go there's in, a, there's a funeral 
when he was crying. Like it oh, takes that almost had me. That almost it had takes me. a lot for, to, see it, to see it. When I see actors cry, it takes mm. a lot for me to buy it. I bought it. He yeah, was, when he was like, "Can we get? Can we get him out of there? Like out of the box?" And I was like, "Like it almost had me," you know. Um, you know, but there's been so many times this season where Roman's like been fantastic. We know the range that like somebody like um the Kendall actor Jeremy Strong has, yeah, because like, he's been one of the strongest parts of the show. And then on top of that, like we've seen it with Sarah Snook as well, and we get that like the balcony scene with Tom and Shiv. I think I actually think that Matthew McFadden is the standout. Yeah, when it, they have that conversation, that like argument. It was like you couldn't take your eyes off the screen because at that point I was like, oh, I was like, oh, it's a fantastic episode, but it's not as strong as some of the other episodes we've had this season. And then they get to that balcony and last for like five, ten minutes, and I was like, oh my god, like it, yeah. it took it to another level. And it's just those two characters, just for however long they're there, just ripping each other and being open about how they actually feel, and it's powerful, like you know, and. Again, you like you said, like the the episode after then it's the funeral, I think, right? And uh I think the episode of the balcony scene was the actual was the uh election day. Yeah. And then, you know, so you get all these great performances and like even at the end, like where you know, Kendall is in the in the office and he loses it when he is screaming he's the eldest boy and you know, he shoves Roman up against the at the at the glass like wall and you know all that well, like, a all bit this... when he was hugging roman and it like tore he held his head down and it like tore the cut open and it's like mm -hmm. yeah I, that's when it was like oh you, like yeah. they, were, they were prepping us they were making yeah. i was i was to be honest at that point i was ready to be like oh he won i kind of feel bad mm. for him. i wish he hadn't won do you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. Like, i thought that's the way the episode was going to go and you've but... had the like when they're in that room arguing again um it's a line where like I can't remember what Shiv says she says something like well I don't want you to have it and then like smiles like there's a little smile to him and I was like oh it's so vindictive and evil but I love it you know like yeah and, well she was like I can't I love you but I can't bear you I can't stomach you is what she said yeah but she said something about him not she didn't want him to have it and she does a yeah. grin and it was like and then Roman when he comes out and is like well if we're talking about bloodlines then you know <laughs> Yeah, she has the best. <laughs> she has the best. Like you're, like you know. At that point, I was like, it. Roman's not here for himself. He's just out to get, to get yeah. Kendall. And when they I mentioned did... when they thought, well, you killed someone. Mm. Again, it was another great moment where I was like, oh, this is coming home to roost now. Mm. Um, but it doesn't. Like again, the fact that he just killed someone because it was a nobody. It's just used as a point and a petty argument. Yeah, and you're just like, oh. Jesse Armstrong. I I, I general, generally thought, like at some point we were going to see Kendall fly past the window. In the I was I was like when mate, you know you know what it was for me when he swam out, when he went swimming, mm -hmm. I was so on edge. Mm -hmm. I was like, he's not coming out of the water. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it's like. And again, they hinted to us so many times about water, and they did it again right at the end. Mm. I thought I thought he was going to jump into the water at the end. I did too. And uh, well, Jeremy Strong, who obviously goes very method 
for these roles. Um, he was like, yeah, like when they yell cut, I ran and like jumped over the, the thing. And uh, it was the the security guard actor who like went in and grabbed him. Um, so, so you want, I suppose, about method acting. But if Jeremy Strong believes he's being Kendall at that point. Yeah. And he then tries to throw himself over it. That tells us, I think, what Kendall I think would they, do. I, I think they left it as um, I think they left it ambiguous, but it's like yeah, oh yeah. And I don't think I don't. I think the way it played I think, out. I like, think it's implied. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think the way it plays out as well from what happens with actual Jeremy Strong saying that the the actor, the security guard actor, does save him. I think yeah. that would have happened if even if we did see that scene play out. Yeah, Kendall would have been stopped. Um, but I think ultimately, like we all kind of think, like at some point, Kendall will go. He will end it, you know. Um, and yeah, like Shiv is in a loveless marriage. She's almost, in some ways, becoming her mother. Oh, her mother! That was like, like, do you know what? They played it just long enough that I thought, oh, she does care about him. And then mm. when they bought, when she bought the people in to pitch the business, I was mm. like. I was like, I flippin' hate these people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it was a fantastic series. It was a fantastic season. And the finale wholeheartedly delivered. Um, you know, I they even, they even had Logan Roy in it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Obviously, only through the video, but he was in it. It was um, there, yeah. And again, you had so many other great moments. We've never seen the kids truly be happy with one another. And they were just in that kitchen. Was, you could probably imagine what they were like when they were actually kids. Yeah. Um, and that they're having such a great time, like they're calling Kendall the king of the castle, you know, Romans licking the cheese, and, you know, they're doing all this stuff, and it just seemed to be happy. And you never really see these characters happy, other than when they're screwing somebody over or... No, you know, they were just genuinely happy then. Yeah, and it's like, you know, we we had that for that's what I mean. It was like giving you what you wanted, like the kids were along. It's like you know when you watch episode three. See, this is a Star Wars podcast. You know, we're watching Star Wars episode three, and they're mm. like, Obi Wan and Anakin are having that conversation, and you see how they're how they are actually friends. Or not. Yeah. Um. Oh, you're a much greater Jedi than I could ever hope to be, and he's like, mm. only because you're training, and they're like, may the force be, and it's like happy. And like every time you, and this is why I like I I think episode three is a good film because <laughs> every time I watch it, I still have that stupid bit of hope in me. Even though I know exactly where it's going, I have that stupid bit of hope in me that like they will see each other again, and it will all be mm. good. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's what kind of what this was like. It's like I could, uh, if if you really want it to be how you want it to end, just turn turn the TV off there and. Uh, you can mm-hmm. pretend that they lived happily ever after in the yeah. in Barbados, yeah. which looked absolutely beautiful, by the way. I was like, yeah. good when she says, "I've got the only hellhole in paradise," I was like, "Oh, you are flipping, you are insufferable." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but again, I think I think this finale was perfect for what Succession was. Um, it I was. Tell you what, what did confuse me, and like I thought it was a real thing. What, you know, one of those like fake like discussion film account things. Yes, you see them all the time. The next day I woke up and was just like scrolling on Twitter and uh, 
I saw a tweet from one of those, and it says HBO has officially announced the old guard uh, premiering in 2024. Uh, and it was a picture of Jerry, Carl, and Frank. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, don't do this, you know? Like... <laughs> I like those characters, but I was like, don't give them a show and don't don't even spin this off. Don't do anything with it. And um thankfully it was it was a joke. Um and yeah, like you I, I did see people on that day as well. I assume you did. People said you can't end it there. You need to carry on. Like, which um, is exactly you, the perfect way to end the show. Like uh, yeah. you you leave the the people wanting more, you know? Well ultimately the succession was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. We always were told we'll get a successor, and we did. Like, it's just yeah, not one of the kids. It, wasn't, it was also wasn't the successor that we... It wasn't the kind of successor that we thought. No, and Logan still got what he wanted. Logan, Yeah, Lo Logan still won. Yeah. yeah, Logan really didn't want to give it to the kids, and he wanted that Gojo deal to go through, and it all did. I saw you something know? that was like, only, only these characters could look as depressed as they all do when they're all two billion dollars up <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um except I'm... roman roman went do you know what roman went to a bar he ordered himself a drink and i was like oh he's in a good position now because I, I don't think he ever really wanted to do any of this stuff well he, he, he what he seemed most hopeful is when they were talking about the hundred like he seemed like to be the most invested in that idea yeah he wanted um, to build something for himself yeah, and it's come up like later on. Like I think, like I think uh, Shiva's mentioned, like why didn't you guys just go and do the hundred? Like I kind of imagine that maybe that's what Roman does. Like yeah, you know. Well, hasn't he... one of one of Murdoch's sons has gone off and done like a left wing or news organization like that? I think. Yeah. Well, what happens with them? They were going to acquire Pierce, weren't they? Yeah, that was like. And they could only do it if they had the payout. Yeah, I assume that means that they have to do it. Yeah. So. That's interesting. Yeah, because the deal was agreed with Logan initially, right? Um, the Logan was going to get it, and then they outbid him. And they could only, but they could only do it if they sold the company. So. Um, they kind of let that plot point fall, by the way. So. Yeah, they let that disappear, like thinking about it. I didn't think about it until this moment. Um, so yeah, um, but again, I kind of just took that as a more of a they're not actually bothered about doing anything here, they just no, well, they, they just, just wanted out of spite against their father at the time, yeah. You know? And it's like, it's true, if Shiv really wanted to do something, she'd take that, she'd make it into it because she's clearly the most politically minded of the three. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. One thing I do want to say before we before we wrap this up is uh, the uh, speech that Mencken does at the end of election night mm -hmm. um, gave me chills. Mm -hmm. um, and I want Jeremy Strong to go and write a political drama next, please, because mm. my goodness, that speech was mm. sensational. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to me that Jeremy Armstrong he did um, he did Peep Show. Did I say Jesse Armstrong? I meant Jeremy Armstrong. Yeah, he did Peep Show, um, Fresh it is Meat. And it, is, it is Jesse Armstrong, sorry. And then he did this, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know how that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Craig Mazin, right? He did, like, didn't he do, um, 
some of the pirates movies, like the not good ones. And uh, then he went on to go to Chernobyl and like The Last of Us. Yeah, you know? it's like when it's like when um, like Adam McKay and Will Ferrell go and do mm. um, the Big Short, and you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's it's fantastic. I'm so glad. I, I still don't think enough people are watching the show. You know, no, th- like, this is this is gonna be like a cult classic that people will come yeah. back to for years. It's timeless as well. It's it, um, it's just yeah. yeah. Remember when like the last one was coming out and uh, and and Game of Thrones and you see like all these massive numbers that were getting like on a on a weekly basis like twenty five million people were tuning in to watch it or something. Um, and, like, oh. and then you see the succession numbers. It's like oh two million people tuned in for it on Sunday night, and it's like oh like it shows you how how big of a juggernaut like those other shows are for HBO. Yeah, and I mean like, I was. A franchise stuff is always going to do better. Yeah, it? but it, but it also, always felt like Succession was much, actually much bigger than what it actually is. You know, it puts it into perspective, like when you see in like the numbers, the Euphoria, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, House of the Dragon, and and Last of Us were getting, was just how many people actually are watching Succession, and they all need to be. If you haven't watched it, my God, start it. You know. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like I was thinking about this. It's an HBO show that doesn't really have any sex or violence mm-hmm. not really no i don't no. remember the last sex scene in this show no well they tell you things happen yeah but you they know, don't like, show it they don't show it yeah like we like you know I mean? house of the dragon is a game of thrones show um, last of us has violence it doesn't you know it doesn't have yeah, sex it's, but... it's like zombies isn't it it's like yeah. If you, this, want, if you want sex, it's, it's tune into the idol on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. It's, so. difficult to, it's difficult to sell the show. I don't know if you found this. Like, if I've tried recommending yeah. this to people, they're like, what's it about? And you describe it, and you're like, oh, this does sound crap. Yeah, yeah, no, it just sounds boring <laughs> when you try and describe it to people. Um, you're like, yeah, there's like, you know Rupert Murdoch? And then their eyes glaze over. And mm-hmm. like, like, it's yeah. almost like, if someone knows who Rupert Murdoch is, they're probably going to watch it. Like, I know... Uh, somebody I tried to like picture to was like, yeah, I'm not. Who's an American? Was like, yeah, I'm not gonna watch it because it feels too real. And I'm like, Fair oh, enough. it is. It's depressing. Yeah. yeah, it is depressing. Like I said, they're all just pocketed two billion dollars and they're all miserable as hell. Mm-hmm. Like their yeah. kids are never gonna have to work. They've got like the kids and their grandkids are never gonna have to work. They've got like generational wealth. I mean, mm-hmm. they never had to work. No. Even when, this was the thing. Even when they got signed out, they got like cut out of the out of the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were still like, making money. At the end of last season, they still had like there was no. They weren't gonna like be on the streets, you know. There's still no, tons no. of money. Um, he was just like, "Go and make your piles a little bit bigger." Yeah, yeah. I can. By, by the way, like I don't know what show Brian Cox is watching because when they killed him off was the perfect <sighs> time. Like, because like, I'm not being funny. That killing them off when they did meant we had entire like. The funeral was an entire episode. Mm-hmm. You don't have the time to do that if you kill him off. What I don't like, because me and you saw that Piers Morgan tweet. Like, yeah, and I immediately knew. I was like, yeah, oh, we were like, he's out of. Because he does it with, like, again, we're bringing football up, but he does it with football as he likes. Yeah, you know, like, that, look, Piers Morgan doesn't have any principles. No, he wants to, like, remain being your mate and all this. And he's, yeah. so he's like, oh, success has gone bad since they've killed Logan Roy. And then. Yeah. Weeks later, like 
Brian Cox himself is like unhappy with the decision of killing Logan when they did. Um, it's like, yeah, well, it needed to happen. And frankly, I think this season got better when they killed him. So it did. It did. It let it gave the other characters, it gave the other actors a lot more room, which mm-hmm. was good. It allowed them, and it did allow them to shine. And you know what? That's good. I mean, all these actors, in my opinion, like flipping Kieran Culkin, like mm-hmm. uh, he, he's a star now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He will, he will just. I mean, he's he's been in like bits and pieces, isn't he? I know he's yep. in Scott Pilgrim and stuff, but like this is like he goes from being Macaulay Culkin's brother, in my opinion, to being mm. like an actor in his own right. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This is like his Elizabeth Olsen moment. You know. Yeah. You know when Elizabeth Olsen was just the Olsen twins' little sister? Now mm-hmm. it's kind of the other way around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big time. I think, I think we're getting that way of Kieran Culkin. That, like, Kieran Culkin, like, fly. You know, you're amazing. I think mm-hmm. Jeremy I think Jeremy Strong is, like, after this as well, will, like, he, he's an Oscar waiting to happen. Because um, the Academy just love people like Jeremy Strong. He just needs to be taking the right roles because some of the things I've seen him take hasn't been. No, I think he but... thinks they're going to be Oscar contenders. Like I watched him in a movie last year with Anne Hathaway and Anthony Hopkins. Can't remember the name of it at the moment, but um, it was about why like they were a Jewish family and the family didn't want uh him to be friends with like a with a, with a black kid and stuff. Um, yeah. I mean that is and... Oscar ever I heard of. Exactly right. Like it sounds on paper that would be ding anywhere near it. Um, so he just needs to take the right roles to make something like that happen. Yeah, I think um, it will. And Sarah Snook as well. Like, I don't think we've seen how good of an actor. I put it this way: I don't think you realize how good of an actor Sarah Snook is until you like see an interview of her and you realize she's mm-hmm. not Shivroy at all. Well, let's she, just say, I, I think... she, Sarah Snook is so good that I yeah. just assume that she is Shivroy. Yeah, like I said earlier, like with her, like with Shiv, there's moments where like she's she's conniving and she's backstabbing, and in those moments you like it's because how she's written in the performance. You're like, oh, I hate you. I hate what you're doing right now. At least, yeah, yeah, and which, again, which is like incredible. Yeah, if you feel like, that way about the about the character, then the actor is doing their job. Yeah, you know? I, so, how long it took me a long time after watching Gladiator to see to not hate Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah because <laughs> he is hateful in that film yeah um, obviously it's an incredibly talented actor like you know walking so yeah i don't know so, I'm, I'm I'm just, matthew, McFadden. matthew mcfadden deserves everything that's coming to him mm-hmm. I, think, I think what this has shown is he's been criminally underrated for way too long. yeah big time but uh so what would you give the season finale of succession what would it's you a give ten. it's a 10 what would you give the season out of this? It's a 10. I can't, we said this, I can't fault <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, they, I, they could talk it. About, I could talk about it. Like, it's a show that's not only entertaining its own right, it's a very scathing commentary on, you know, who control, like, even like the election day thing when they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you've anointed the president, and they kind of do. Like, the yeah, media they do. do. Mm hmm. Like you saw it with Bush, Bush and Gore. It's like we were we were a bit younger then, but if you look back at that, it's mental what happened there. Mm-hmm. It's like basically because one one of them it puts pressure 
like the press is massive makes a massive difference mm -hmm. you know i mean the press yeah. in this country stopped someone like jeremy corbyn even being a serious candidate yeah you know the press yeah. in this country is the reason liz trust got out so quick you know if the press supports who's in power then they stick around for a lot longer and it just it was a scathing it's i just thought i thought yeah it is it, it is depressing actually mm -hmm. and i wonder if because it's in america it's easier for us to watch it and disconnect from it like that but yeah probably is yeah. um i can see why some americans are like no it's too real it's too depressing i do mm. get that yeah um do we want to move on to a show that's more light-hearted then... yes so again just, By the way, what, what did you get what did you give what, what rating did you give it oh for the finale i gave a 10 for the season i gave a nine fair enough fair enough um so yeah so ted lasso we again we spoke about this on the same episode we spoke about the first episode of succession season four which i think the episode was us talking about fast and furious succession and ted lasso which meant for us we were very happy um yeah, yeah man and yeah this so obviously just like we did with succession we'll cover the season of ted lasso season three and obviously the the series finale um the season is not as good as the first two it's still very good but it's not as good as season one and season two but for me i have a little minor minor issues with the finale as a whole but i ultimately loved it it gave me what i wanted and what i expected from it like what every literally everything i thought that would happen happened so and again, Ted Lasso isn't a show that like does twists and makes you think necessarily. I don't, at least to me. So, yeah, for me, it was what I expected and I suppose what I wanted. What about you for the season and for the finale? Um, it's difficult. Um, I think I love these characters so much that I, and I think. Yeah, I love these characters so much, and some of the character moments in this are mm -hmm. second to none. They are wonderful. Um, I think a classic example of that is in this finale, where we have Ted and Nate. They meet up in the dress in the dressing room, and mm -hmm. Nate starts crying, and it's a great moment. Um, my problem is, is I don't think a lot of the the moments have been earned. Mm -hmm. I, 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 like, it's the, I loved it and I, I overlook a lot of the issues with Ted Lasso because I love it and, like, I think being a football fan helps as well. Like, I love the football side of it. Um, uh, but I think ultimately the season's a bit of a mess. Um, yeah, you can tell that they did rewrites. Like, yeah, I also, it's just, I just think it's extremely obvious there was meant to be another season. Well, they said it's always supposed to be three. Yeah, I don't yeah. believe them. Yeah. So, I don't, if it was always meant to be three, then there would have been ten half an hour episodes like there has been in each of the other seasons. But mm -hmm. no, there were twelve hour long episodes, basically. Um, and that would even longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. It, and like, I, I think they didn't know what to do with Nate. Like, I think that I think Nate, the Nate storyline, is easily the easily the worst part i i 
think the Keeley storyline is the worst. Well, yeah, it's it's tough. This is for me. For this for me point, you know, like so, we watched Fast and we talk, spoke about Fast and Furious. We're going back to it. Um, we spoke about Fast and Furious last week, and it's like. I said I loved it and then like acknowledged all the issues and ultimately the sum of the issues is massive in that fast film but it doesn't mm-hmm. it didn't matter to me sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't for this I think if we went through each of the storylines I could pick out issues of all of them but there are holes in all of the storylines mm-hmm. so let's go with, let's go with Ted uh, Ted's storyline is a supporting character He's a supporting character. Well, I, I'm a, I'm fine with that. I don't, I, I, on face value, I don't care. Yeah, but the uh, thing is with Ted, like, he's a supporting character in the show. But the moments we did get with him, so, so right at the start of the season, he's still a bit of a mess. And then he, when he sleeps with Sassy, he's like, "Oh, maybe we should go on a date." And she's like, "No, you're a mess, Ted." The fact that like, Sassy that that was this season feels mental to me. Yeah, like she's like, "No, you're a mess." And then like in I think it's the same episode, Ted talks to Rebecca and then. The diamond dogs and is like am i a mess and they're like oh yeah you're definitely a mess and i thought we would have seen then along with like the football side which we did get the progression of ted of a, as a manager getting him to win and sorting his own life out in the process he didn't do the second part he didn't we didn't see ted grow continually through this season like they all said yeah you're, you're a mess like he's cle- like and again, Sadekas clearly was uh, influenced by his real life, which he has to be fair throughout all of it. But I think in this one, he was doing wishful thinking instead of you know real life parallels in some ways. Um, but for me, we didn't get the progression of Ted as a character. He didn't really progress to where he need where he ultimately is by the end of the season. We didn't get that. No, um, also, it, yeah, it kind of just came out of nowhere. It was like, oh, his mum visited. And the so mum just... thing, like, she needed to be in it, like, in episodes way before <laughs> the it's second like, to last. It feels like there's a lot of, they expect you to make a lot of excuses for it, and I don't mind a bit of that. Uh, like mm-hmm. with Succession, they were like, we were like, oh, they didn't really talk about Pierce, but like, I'll, make an, I'll make an excuse for it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Succession is so good, and I, I'm like... You know, it, I can make a reason for that not being mentioned again in universe and make it make sense, and it doesn't mm-hmm. involve, right? And ultimately, it's not important. They threw so many ideas at the wall in this, and 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 ultimately, none of like Ted alone, right? So they uh, they mention that his wife's going out with um, Doctor Jacob, Doctor Jacob, the marriage counselor, right? Which mm-hmm. in itself is a weird ethical mess, all right? He um, should be struck off for it, yeah. Yeah, this show, you've also got like another psychologist in the show who I don't really know why her scenes were there. Um, no, should, but they didn't were. Need to be there. Yeah, um, you could have very easily had like a two sides of the coin story there about how a good psychologist and a bad psychologist, or why things work differently. But they had no interaction. There's no talk. Well, they, yeah, when no they did talk. interact as well, I also felt like the therapist, Ted's therapist. Um, was not did just didn't care, which didn't which wasn't the case in season two. Like, she was a massive part of season two. Yeah, also, like you could have very easily had him be like, oh, she's he's crossing a line uh, by mm-hmm. being with her, and then she could have been like, 
uh, yeah, he is. That's why I don't always answer your calls or I make sure I end our things when they end. And suddenly it's like, oh, there we go. That's like, mm-hmm. uh, that's the moment where Ted can learn and grow mm-hmm. and realize that sometimes people aren't always his friend. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's like one thing they didn't deal with. Um, they dealt with him going to Paris uh, and Rebecca had found something. And we never know what that is. That's just a I, plot thread. I there. I assume he did it, and they said no. Or she said no. yeah, I, I, yeah. But you're you're making assumptions, mate. That's what I mean. Like you can create excuses, but ultimately, how many excuses can you make? Like again, I think with the purpose of that as well, though that like entire episode, like they showed us why Ted and the ex-wife, why they were together and how they get along. They have like the same sense of humor and yeah, everything. They didn't show us why they don't why they weren't yeah but again like it but i think that's a sadakis thing like he wants to show you why they like why they'd be perfect together and it, as the way the season ends with him because sadakis put in his real life issues and his fantasies of what his life should have been into this show i think yeah he's... and you can probably do the same because it's like the kid does not like dr jacob no. find them tiresome um mm-hmm. you can tell um like he finds him annoying he's like dismissing his work and yeah, it's yeah. like actually like, we're supposed to hate him we're supposed to be like yeah you shouldn't be with his family you don't get it should be ted you know yeah and it's like it just felt like that was all just sort of thrown yeah and that's just, and that's just ted <laughs> i can go through the rest of the characters if you want and my issues with it. Um, Rebecca's, well, Rebecca probably had the best. Yeah, but I also think it's, she has like two like very weird moments, which I don't. don't like. So I don't like that she she makes a big deal that she's over Rupert at one point, right? She even tells Ted like I still want you to win, but I don't want you to like I don't want you to win because like because of Rupert or whatever she says, right? It was like a few yeah. episodes ago, and then. The next episode, his current wife and mistress knock on the door, and she's involved in getting that scandal out there. And it's like, well, you say you're not bothered about him anymore, but that's like, that's ve- like, because she has that dinner, right, where they're trying to do the Super League. And like, that's where she officially accepts she's over him, and she doesn't yeah. even harbor fight for him at that point. He, she's moved yeah. on. And yeah. then she does the scandal thing with the with the other uh, women in his life. And then on top of that, like right at the end where she's with Ted at the airport, because the first episode, I think it is, they tell her everything that's going to happen to her, right? Yeah. And through this medium. And uh, so we're expecting that to happen because it does progress throughout the season. She gets to the airport and one of the big things that the, woman said to her was you'll have a family you'll have a family and um when she's at the airport with Ted she's crying and she says that she found her family in Richmond that the people introduced yeah. her like from owning that club Ted Keeley you know, Leslie everybody like that's her family now and it was like oh like in that moment I was like oh that's fantastic like it wasn't what we thought you know it wasn't that they are actually going to give her a child and a husband or something. It was, yeah. No, and then the she, little girl ran up. Then the little girl runs up and like, I don't know why I thought this, but 
but like she has like a little dress on and like when i looked at like the bottom of it i was like oh that looks kind of dutch and, and then the guy showed up I was like oh like that's why who yeah he and again it's, it, feels, it feels like an unforced error it's like you didn't i i liked their dynamic and their relationship Same. um just have it so when she leaves she takes his number and they stay in contact like yeah yeah, it wouldn't have taken anything. It wouldn't have taken anything away. No, it's just it gives that we. It's a weird moment that just he's just there. He happens to be there. He's a pilot. Like, was it ever said that he was a pilot? No. That's what I, I mean. It's so. like it doesn't like, feel like it's like yeah, it's just random. Like, hey, look, yeah, but like I said, I think she had a beautiful moment being like, oh, like I found my family. Like, and then it's like, oh, use use the real family. We're gonna give you now. Like, it was odd. Um. For her, and again, I'd like that she gave the like shares. I've been saying this for for weeks, months to people. I'm like, she's gonna like her end game is she's gonna sell some of the club to the. She's gonna give some of the shares to the fans, like and explain to like Americans being like, yeah, she uh, like that is a thing. Like that's almost like a pipe dream for like a lot of like yeah, fans. That's what they do in Germany. Yeah, it's like a pipe dream for a lot of fans in the UK. Like, uh, for you know and. She did it, and it was like, yeah, like that's what I expected her to do. Um, also, when they were like, oh, the club's worth two billion quid, I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, it doesn't like, even have a women's team, mate. No, they, I don't, they, I'm like, when they were like, <laughs> no, this is this worth two billion, and I was like, this is why the Glazers want six. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I was like, you've got, I was like, this is stupid. I was like, Newcastle was sold yeah, for 400 million, 300 million, mm -hmm. and it had one of the biggest fan bases in the country, a massive stadium, like, no, sorry. But then, but even like on the football side of things, because it's, it's, it's so stupid. But like, like they're watching TV and Thierry Henry is like talking, talking about Rupert, like the big scandal with Rupert. He's like, he had an affair. Like, yeah. like what? <laughs> I loved that though. Yeah, I know. When he was like, oh yeah, him and Rebecca were a power couple. I'm like, they're never talking about this. <laughs> no. Like footballers have done far worse. Uh Premier some Premier League footballers have done far worse and nobody talks about that. No, know? I thought it was gonna be like, oh, there's a culture of um like sexual misconduct throughout the whole mm -hmm. club was the impression I was gonna get, and then I didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um so yeah, like, I don't have I like Nate's story. I just also, think was... wouldn't wouldn't owner be able to just walk along the pitch like that? I don't feel like that would be allowed. Who's gonna stop him though? You know, really. You know, like he doesn't walk across the actual pitch, does he? He's still going around like the touchlines. Yeah, know? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't have an issue with Nate's story. I think we this was ultimately always going to be Nate's story. That he. I have no issue with the ending of Nate's story. My issue with Nate's story is, I feel like we missed a couple of scenes. Like there was an episode I texted you. I was like, I have whiplash. Like because. Yeah, when he yeah, we, we just start off and he's already gone. He's already left West Ham. I was like, we missed a couple of scenes there. Um, it felt like I missed every other scene of Nate. Yeah, and then at the end, in the last episode, he is assistant to the kit man. And I'm like, but he hasn't had a conversation with Ted at all at that point. He's had a conversation with everybody else other than Ted. And he's there for days. And he's never yeah, spoken to Ted. I thought that was weird. Yeah, I thought like... 
go in there, Ted would have come up to him and been like, "Hey, Nate," you know, like. And it's also also it's it's too it was too quick. Mm-hmm. It's like I was at Richmond for one episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't understand. It was like, you know that, you know that, um, you know the bit that ultimately got them the goal at the end. Mm-hmm. The corner attack, the tactic where they play yeah, the off. Oscar, the, I think they call it right. Was yeah, it was that a, was that a Nate tactic previously? Have I forgotten? I think it was. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I was just like, I don't know why. Like, what feels more Ted to me is he'd come back. Nate would come back, and he'd expect to be an assistant to Will, and then he'd mm-hmm. be like, "You're part of the coaching." Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We need your yeah, idea. Yeah. Like that yeah. felt more Ted Lasso to me. But Not again, he didn't okay have a conversation, him. did he? No, you know? it, just, it felt like they put Nate at West Ham and then forgot, didn't know what to do with him. Like, or they mm-hmm. didn't. They felt they couldn't do the story they wanted to do mm-hmm. in the time they had. Like it just the, the Nate. I like, like I say, Nate's character moments are amazing. I actually think Nick Nick Mohammed's his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's completely underused, um, to be honest, because he's sensational. He's a great actor, and went and again. When he starts crying, I buy it, and it gets mm. me. Yeah. Um, I ju- yeah, I just thought I just didn't. It just didn't. It it didn't really work for me. The night stuff, I, other than the character moments. Yeah. So if we're going into things, I, I, well, I think Keely's the worst of this season. I think Keely as a character is, is is fine. Like she's not. She's a good character. No, but at least we had. At least I agree with. I agree with you to a point, right? In that. Sorry, finish your point, and then I'll I'll say I'll talk. So yeah, with Keely, like they, they, so with Keely, they sort of they've just dumped her into this position of all of her story is just tied to relationships. Like Keely never had a, a a true chance to go off and do something on her own. Like start of the season, she breaks up with Roy shortly after she starts seeing her boss. Um. Which is like a toxic relationship, like, uh, and then, but as soon as that that ends, she's getting back with Roy to some degree, and there's also like a little love triangle with Jamie. Like what I always sort of thought they would do, and I think they should have done after the thing with Jack would have been for Keely to be on her own, and. Not Which be... they kind of they kind of did, but half-heartedly. Yeah, because by the end of this, it's like she's, the you know Roy and Jamie, like we're, we're both into you, we you know, but we want you to choose, and it's like again, it's the cliche of like, oh, I get to choose, and then like they both get kicked out, like that's a cliche like moment, right? Like, um, it's like you I didn't resolve like it, you didn't resolve the issue again, and it's it all feels like oh, we're gonna give we're gonna give the audience what they want. In the last episode, or the episode before, when they, um... They're sitting on Jamie's bed. Is that the one? That was a good moment. I, I meant the, the bit before when they, um... Well, basically when uh, Keeley and Roy sleep together again. Yeah, and she's, like, dissing Rebecca, like, oh, you can't go back to the past, blah, Yeah, blah, blah. I was like, you kind of could have had... Because at that point, I was like, oh, they're back together. And they're mm-hmm. not. Like, mm-hmm. if you wanted to have the moment where Roy 
Like you kind of had the perfect moment. You didn't need that bit. The bit where they have that conversation, he walks away. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of would. I'd have been happy with that. Yeah. And that's and the end. And then Kaylee is on her own, which is how she is at the end anyway. Like and like, I didn't need but Jamie. Own, but I didn't need Jamie like deciding he wanted to be with Kaylee. Yeah. To be yeah. At that point, I didn't need it because I you just didn't... assumed that he'd sort of moved on and he'd viewed her as a good well. friend. Yeah, because that's what it kind of felt like. Because early on in the season, specifically, they don't really do this later in the season. But, like, Roy will see Jamie go and talk to Keely. But Jamie always then went to Roy. Like, he figured out that they'd broken up and, like, went to consult Roy. You know, like... So it was random, like, at the end, it was like, oh, no, he actually does want her. Like, and it's... Yeah, and it's odd. Um... I don't, I don't agree with that part either. But again, with the Keely thing, I think they mishandled it. Like, I think Keely should have been on her own earlier. Like, it should have had the moment where Roy goes to her and is like, I want to be with you. And she's like, well, I want to be on my own. Like, yeah. I think they should have had that moment. And it did, like, even episodes then, earlier. Even then, here's what I'd have done. I'd, I'd, have had them, I'd have had them have the conversation they had. Because I think it was a perfectly good conversation. Roy w- walks away. And they kind of just accept it, and they part mm-hmm. as friends. I might mm-hmm. have even still had um, Jamie saying, uh, "Oh, I need to go to Brazil, but I'm not going without my publicist." You could have left that, and mm-hmm. then that's the end of it. And like, you leave it ambiguous, and mm-hmm. then you've set up like a perfectly good potential romance with Phoebe's teacher. Again, this is what I was going to go as well. What I hate that the show has done is that Roy, when he met that teacher in season two, they had such good chemistry. And I was like, I wanted Roy to be with her. Even though we only had one scene with Roy and the teacher together. And then we go to this season again, he te- sees it again. And she's clearly into him. I don't know why my, why my dog's losing his crap, but um, she's clearly into him. And it's the same thing with Ted. Like they introduced Ted with Sassy. And that, that seems like such a good couple. And ultimately like, Ted just goes back to the ex-wife. Um, the, yeah, I'm like, not. This is what makes this makes me think a couple of things. I think that they've left so many plot threads open that maybe we're going to get a Richmond show. Oh, oh, that end credit, like not the end credit, but the end scene was like, if they want a spin-off show, you get you you can have a spin-off show. Like, yeah, because they're all still there. But like, even yeah. Beard's still there. Yeah. Um, I think. Which I expect him to be because of Jane. Anyway. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, it's probably going to happen. I've, I think we'll get a Richmond spin off show. I think um, that's why they. Ted changed the book as well from the Lasso way to the Richmond way. Like, yeah. As soon as Trent gave him that book and it said that, I was like, oh, okay. And it, then, almost, it almost felt like a symbolic. Mm hmm. Master of the Torch. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Um, and that's the thing, but, like, the way this show ended, and where it is, like, Broy becomes manager, Nate is his assistant, Beard stays, is generally a thing I've been saying the entire time, like, how I think it'll end. Rebecca giving up shares to the fans is how I thought it would end. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still unsure of, like, again, I don't think Roy being manager was really earned. No, they just gave you moments where he, like, almost... He liked it, but he didn't... Yeah, there was moments they had them. We'd had conversations with um, Isaac and Jamie, and 
there were like conversations you could see Ted having, like being the care in person. Like he's clearly learned from Ted to yeah. open up and have those conversations. And that's what they obviously the press conference thing. But that's what they wanted you to be like, oh, this is why he should be manager. It kind Realistically, of you would have given it to Nate. It you misses know? the point of being a manager, in my opinion. Yeah. But Realistically, you would have given it to Nate, right? Because he did so well with West Ham and Yeah, he had a proven but then I guess the thinking is well, we've got Roy there who's who can handle the pressure of these bits better than mm. better than Nate can, as we've seen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Nate but... can almost be the tactical help, which is kind of how Ted worked anyway. Ted didn't mm. really know anything about tactics. No. So maybe I don't know. It, it's a model that works. I, I just think a lot of these things, like you said, I think the Keeley thing. Uh, the only difference between Keeley and Nate to me is at least they like. At least they gave Keeley a lot of screen time. I'd love to see the numbers for how much screen time Keeley had versus how much Nate had, because I suspect Keeley. Had I also a lot have a. I think I've had met about this conversation with you, but I think there's a reason Keeley has a lot of screen time. What? Because she's a spin-off. No, no, a certain writer. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Like, it's not lost on me that Sadega spends a lot of time with that person. Um, yeah. This character is inspired by her. So. Yeah, that's Keely Hazel. For what it's mm -hmm. Who plays Bex. Um, yeah, she plays Bex. Um, yeah, there was just another point. It was like Jamie, like when he went, oh, that video was for me. I was like, I just didn't need to know it. Didn't need, yeah, I didn't need to know that. Like, and uh, I love Jamie. As I think Jamie has been my favorite character this season. His arc, I think, has been great. Yeah, it, felt, it just felt like a weird character progression for both of them at that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. when they went, oh, do you want to go for a beer? I saw, I knew how it was going to go, and I didn't want, I wanted it to just be, like, if it, it if he'd seen Keeley do that, again, what I'd have done is I'd have just changed it with editing. I wouldn't have even had to change the writing, really. Mm -hmm. So I'd have removed the bit where... Um, removed the bit where he... Well, firstly, I'd have the speech when um, uh, and, the Keeley and Roy conversation they have at the door. I'd have cut the bit where it looks like she's going after him. I'd have... Uh, had the conversation with Keely and Rebecca in that where she says that about him because then I'd be like oh that's what she's done with Roy and then I would have cut Roy ever coming down the stairs and then mm -hmm. I would have still had uh, Jamie say do you want to come with me to Brazil that leaves it nice and open for me like the people that want them together can have it and you know I don't you still have all the other stuff where like Roy says do I want to be more than friends sitting on Jamie's bed holding hands like you know there's, there's still all that yeah. in there like yeah which is which is fine i'd probably cut out as well but then i would have also said had him looking at them right when when mm -hmm. roy does the ominous look towards them and then says jamie do you want to go for a beer because mm -hmm. i thought he was going to go and like punch his lights out there and then in the dressing room um but he didn't he said do you want to go for a bit and then just have him go for a beer and just say i'm really proud of you because yeah, then because somebody says it to them to jamie right like oh you you and Roy, oh, Nate says it. Are you and Roy yeah. friends now? And he's like, Yeah, I think we are. Like, yeah, and, they, and then they go for the beer and they just say, I'm really proud of you. And then that's like, that is a good end to that storyline. Yeah. Don't yeah, you, you didn't need to. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no, I, like I said, the Jamie and Keely thing didn't feel like a real thing throughout this season. So to... I think the issues with this, this is, this is, I just think the issue, I feel like you could edit this into a, a much better show than it ended up being. Um, mm. Like, I, I liked the I liked the issues it tackled. I liked the gay footballer issue it tackled. Um, 
I liked I liked that at the end when they did the pitch invasion, which mm-hmm. again it shows a, a slight lack of knowledge of football um, to have a pitch invasion when they didn't know if they'd won the league or not. Yeah, I don't think there'd be a pitch invasion for finishing second. Um, well, they didn't know at the moment, did they? If they had to come second, no, no, but like... no, but like you'd think that they'd they'd be waiting, and then because it would be like minutes, wouldn't it? Then when yeah, they at that, that, at that they'd... moment they were top of the league, so which is the only thing you could maybe excuse it. Like Richmond are top of the league for mere moments, mere minutes, maybe. I don't um, think they were were they? Because Man City had gone one up already. They needed City to draw, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, that you were already one up. So I mean, like I don't I th- like the pitch invasion, and then suddenly yeah. it cuts, and they came second. But yeah, like the the things we've obviously like highlighted a lot of wrong with this season. Like there's there is issues there, but like this had some great moments of the season. Like they're all hour long episodes, and they didn't feel hour, like an hour long. Like, no, and they were fun to watch. Like I enjoyed yeah. it while I was watching them. Yeah, like I really enjoyed, like I said, I really enjoyed the arcs with, with Jamie. It's just weird how they ended it. Same thing with Roy. Um, and I, I, again, we've already talked about this stuff with Nate, but it's nowhere near as good as the first two seasons. And so no, Nate just is not, the one who did not rewrite on it. I would have loved to have seen what this was, what the initial plan was for this season before Sadekis decided to rewrite the entire thing, like just weeks before they started filming. Like I would like to know what he changed. Um, I and again, I, like it's always been parallel to his real life, and I think for for his story specifically, for Ted's story, he let his emotions of what he wanted to happen in his real life get in the way of the show. Like, I never would have had Ted go back with the wife, and that's how they imply it is that when he goes back to. America, when the you know the final shot is him staring at his wife, at the kids like football match, like it's implied that oh he's in love with her still, they're gonna get together because obviously in, in the same episode they really showed us why Doctor Jacob does not fit with that family. Um, yeah, and it just I just think like the better storyline would have been Ted learning to move on and yeah yeah which is what it should have been like that's what i thought it was going to be like the minute sassy said you're a mess and he questioned it all i thought by the end of this season ted would have officially accepted the end of his marriage and she's moved on and he needs to move on and then like, sassy when... came back for no real reason well just to give like just to, to insult rupert <laughs> like, yeah it's like sassy just feels so underused in the show because they have a great relationship. They have a great, like, chemistry, like, uh, Lasso and, and her, like... And it's the same thing with Roy and the teacher. <laughs> like, they introduce these possible love interests for them. And they work so well together, and they do nothing with them. They just throw Roy with, with the Keeley thing again, and they put Ted back with the wife. And it's just like... <sighs> it, they also did some thing about Rebecca as well, by the way. It just something weird with her. After the Holland thing... Like, for a few episodes, like, she was just looking, like, at Sam, and, like, they're smiling at each other. Yeah. Like, it was, like, almost like they were going to try and reintroduce it. Yeah, and, it was weird, man. And they didn't. They did nothing with it. Like, they didn't. Know, and then they were, like, I had the rich guy be, like, oh, I'm never letting you, they're not playing, Sam. And at the end, Sam's magically and now Sam's part of the Nigerian okay. thing. Like, 
You've just left like you like what's your point? Like there's just so many like loose plot threads. Um it, it's a yeah, there's so many loose plot threads. Just again, it just feels like that like, no one edited these scripts. Again, I just I would love to know what the initial scripts were. Because Sadekas apparently did massive rewrites on it. Not just a little bit. He did big did big overall on it. It feels like it, and it feels like there is stuff left in there from the old mm. script that yeah. has been taken out, and it's just But I like for me, like I know like we've complained a lot about this episode and the season, but like like I said to you, like I like for what the episode is, like my complaints are like the Keeley thing and the the Holland guy showing up at the end, like the actual finale I enjoyed, and it ended in every way I thought it would. Like, Ted Lasso is, like, always going for the happy ending. It's always cheesy. It's always these things. And the way the episode ended, like, satisfied me, like, for the va- for the most part, because of... Other than the little reasons I've given for the finale. Because I expected all of it. It's what I thought it would all be. Like, Ted Lasso isn't the show that ever gives you, like, a surprise or a twist. It doesn't really do that. Like, No, so, no, 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 but yeah. I'm not... No, 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 that. I know you're not I, saying that, but I'm just I saying... I just for, think, for, like... Yeah, yeah, for me, it's... Like, the the ending of it is what I expected and sort of what I wanted, for the most part. Um, But, yeah, like, um, before we, like... Like, end the podcast or whatever... Um, they set the, the the way the show ends is um ted obviously goes away like ted's ted's done like beard stays roy's manager nate's the assistant keely approaches rebecca with a proposal of a richmond uh women's team obviously uh trent changes the book title from the lasso way to the richmond way are we getting the spin-off like it's set up in such a way that you could actually say this is it this is how it ends completely and you know what's the cover in your mind like i, I think i think i think we'll get spin-offs um, i think we'll get one spin-off yeah i do i i actually don't even think it'll be a spin-off i think it'll just be like a continuation without ted yeah i think when they changed the book title to the richmond way i was like is that what it's going to be called or because I think, because I was thinking about it, I was like, there's two possibilities of spinoffs. You have the women's team thing, and you have uh, Roy Kent and the men's team. But I was like, realistically, it's better if you just do the two in one. Because at that point, like, because otherwise you're using like Rebecca and Keeley in like two different shows. And if you decide not to, if you only put them in like the women's team show, like that feels very weird to the lasso world that we know. That they just wouldn't be in the men's team one. So I almost thought like they'll combined that, maybe. Um, that that would all be one show. You know, the the women's team and the, the continuation of the men's team. Yeah, I think um, so. Uh whoever they hire as the the coach, the manager of the women's team, is fundamental to the success of that series, though. I think they you need to hire you don't need a ted like copy you don't you shouldn't have that but you need a very likable personality and a maybe a sort of recognizable person to take up that role of the women's team manager um because they're gonna have obviously a very big role in the show 
right? So, I don't know. Um, would you want that spinoff? Do you want this to continue? Or do you want it to, like, end with a series three? Like, season three? Do you, What do you want from it? Um, I'd want more if they haven't wrapped stuff up quite so neatly as they did in or not so neatly as I mm-hmm. uh, as they did like had they left the plot thread of Rebecca's like bloke in Amsterdam mm-hmm. open then that's a potential interesting thing um, I don't really like that like so yeah Roy's gone into therapy now but the idea of which him, is what he didn't need probably what she did need he did he did need therapy oh you know yeah i got no problem from going to therapy my problem is that um my problem is is that they've made it so basically keely rejected them so now if he does go for the teacher it's just because she's second best and i don't like that i, I think that's lame um yeah. or, or as they could have made it where he just accepted the relationship was over and then moved on and then that could have been yeah. an interesting open plot thread um Similar thing with Jamie, it's like they had him just talking to his dad all of a sudden. Um which was nice. Um she sold forty nine percent of the shares and then they're like, Oh women just felt like the end scenes were just like a lot of lip service um to stuff that didn't really need it. So I'm not really sure there's much legs in there for a spin off, but I do think we'll get it. Mm-hmm. Like I tweeted it out if I'm happy if they do it or, or if they don't. Like again, like they left it in such a way that you know what's to come, you know what's the future for these, these characters. Um, if they want to continue that in a spinoff, that's fine. But if they don't, that's fine too. Like, you know, um, I'd rather not... have, I'd have rather had a fourth season of Ted Lasso. And then... I agree, but and again, we blame Sudeikis for this because he was yeah, so I... determined for. To go back to to L to LA and be with his children, which you know, which I understand, and I don't begrudge anyone. I don't begrudge that, but like, no. ultimately, you don't have to live over here to film a show. Mm. I don't think. Do you? I think for some of it, you need to be. Also, before yeah. we move on, that that scene where Beard gets married at Stonehenge was dreadful. The CGI was awful. Yeah, it was funny, and I'm glad it happened. But <laughs> I'm happy he got married to her, but like the the CGI was all oh my goodness. It well, kind of it, look. They must have built a volume here somewhere. There is, yeah. There's two volumes in the UK. But surely they could have just hired out the volume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I. There are times where I'm like, oh yeah, like the volume is better than green screen, and that was couldn't one of they, them. Couldn't they have even built like a version of it? You you think there must be a Stonehenge set somewhere? Yeah, just just because Doctor Who's done stuff. Yeah, like I think I th- you can probably even film at Stonehenge, right? I'd assume. Like, yeah, I don't think it'd be hard even to definitely. build that. Just go in yeah. a random field, have the have the big stone props, and like just do it. Like, it was dreadful. I bet they charge for saying that they're not like that complicated props. Are they just build them out of polystyrene? Yeah, like that's what I mean. I don't I don't. I don't understand why you went like the CGI stone ends away. <laughs> like, yeah. I kind of like it looks though. I did not. I like how that looked. <laughs> like it was really bad. You know, 
Um, we give like certain like shows crap for visuals. Ted Lasso, granted, doesn't usually do that sort of stuff. But when it did, it was so noticeable and bad. I was like, no, oh, no, 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 no. I don't really care. But uh, so as season three, what would you give season three as a whole? As a, as a whole, I gave it a seven. I might be at six and a half. I didn't ask for the finale. Oh, the finale. I'd go eight for me. No, no, I don't think so. I might even go lower. I, I'm probably at a six or a seven for the finale. I just... Mm. It just, yeah. This whole season just feels like a mess and really rushed. So objectively, mm. I have to give it that. Um, but, yeah... I just like I, I enjoyed it and while I was watching it I loved it and it was a nice little hug but it's like objectively like I can't in good conscience give it like I put it this way I think if you if I'm giving it a seven I think succession is more than three points ahead of Ted Lasso so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I sound really down there I like enjoyed it I looked forward to it each week and it right. made me happy but I just don't think it stuck the landing no, like I again, I understand. Like I said, I, for me, like for the vast majority of it, like it is, you know, the finale gave me what I wanted and what I expected. There was just certain moments I didn't agree with, um, or didn't feel done correctly. But ultimately, I'm happy with the finale, and I'm I like this season. You know, I don't think the season's perfect. I think the season is is a big step down from the first two. You know, um. But yeah, like I, I'm still, I, and again, I do put a lot of this blame on Sadakis, you know, like because because they made a big deal, but like how oh, I'm in trouble this show was, but last minute he rewrote everything, and like yeah, so I don't know, it's it's not to be a downer on it, but like I said, if they do a spinoff, if they do the Richmond spinoff, cool, I'm there, I'm there day one. Yeah, so I'm. And then, like, even when you look at Brett Goldstein's other effort on Apple, like, shrinking, that's fantastic. So, again, that's, that's another reason why I think it falls at Sadekis' feet. I enjoyed um, uh, shrinking a lot more than this season of Ted Lasso. I did too, yeah. Season one of shrinking is way better than season three of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um, and Apple are doing well with comedies. You know, they just got platonic. Have you seen that? That's pretty decent. Is it worth watching? I wonder. It's nowhere near as good as Lasso you know, peak lasso and shrinking. But it's a fun, it's only half hour long. It's a fun half hour comedy. Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen have good chemistry. Obviously they've worked together in the past. It's just, it's a good, it's a good thing to put on, you know, like don't take it too seriously. It's, Apple, it's just fun. Apple TV is getting there. They're doing well. Well, next week they're launching that like Tom Holland show, which could be decent. You know, it was originally going to be directed by Scorsese and Leo was going to play the role that Holland's in. Scorsese still on as a producer, I believe. Um, seeing like this slate of what they've got left to come this year, you know, some really good movies Flora in the Sun, Killers of the Flower Moon. They got Severance, uh, which will come in 2028 because of this right strike. So, all good. See, see, the Severance thing, I don't actually think it's that far out because, from what I understand, they were in the last couple of weeks of shooting Severance. Okay. Um, they the initial reports about like the big problems were like 
overblown and anyway it was at the end. So what I understand from what I understand about Severance, and I like I know somebody working on it <laughs> or worked on it. Um okay. is they would film in principal photography up until April. And then in May, they were doing like reshoots or pickups or whatever. Um they brought in Bo Willemon from House of Cards as well to help write it. Wow. Uh, yeah, to do the reshoots. Yeah, rewriting reshoots. <laughs> and he's going to write season three and four with them as well. Um he, he was they wanted him for season two, but he was obviously busy with Andor and stuff. Um He also he had a big part in the prison scenes, didn't he, in Andor? Yeah, yeah. Well, I understand. And they are, in my opinion, the best scenes. So, Yeah, so, yeah, he came on for the rewrites and the reshoots, which they're doing. Obviously, that's why they've paused. Because they would... The May is their rewrites and reshoots phase. And they've paused it. They did a couple of weeks, but they had to pause. Um, So, it shouldn't be too long. They only had a month of, like, reshoots anyway, like, planned. So okay. it shouldn't be too far into 2024 that we we get um, Severance back, from what I understand. You'd hope, you'd hope they can crack on with editing and then drop the reshoots. Yeah. So th- I thought you knew knew about the Bo Willimon thing. No, that he was that he was involved. Um, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the I think the two showrunners don't get along. It's uh, the one. It's the one who doesn't write it was gonna leave. He wanted to leave at the end of season one. And Stiller said, you can when I find the right replacement, which I think what Willemon is, maybe. Like, but he's, he very, couldn't... he's a very solid replacement. Yeah, but he couldn't come in and do it because of his other commitments, um, which is why he's going to be in three and four. And I just think he stepped in to do the rewrites a little bit earlier because he's free. Um, so, yeah, no. So, yeah, so Apple's got a lot of good stuff coming. Um I'm I'm excited. Apple is one of the best streaming services out at the moment. Um, Sleeper hit as well. Yeah, and Shmigadoon's really good as well. What is Shmigadoon? Shmigadoon. Shmigadoon. Keegan Michael Key show. Yeah, it's called Shmigadoon. Yeah, I, I watched the first two episodes of Silo. That was good, but I feared like the rest aren't that great. Um, so I haven't picked that back up. Um, Frog Mankind's a solid. Frog Mankind's, uh, I think it gets worse season by season. I think the third season's fantastic, second season's good, third season and fourth season I didn't really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, like I said, Platonic's pretty good, it's pretty fun to watch. Um, you know, uh, obviously it was Seth Rogen's show, so I could be, but other jokes involve swear words, which I try not to do um, on the show. Um, so yeah, no, I, 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 I'd recommend it if you want something to watch. Um, okay. Where else? Yeah, well, Apple TV is just decent, you know. It is and Disney are removing stuff from Disney Plus that doesn't make them any sense for them to be removing. But there we no, are. no. Um, yeah, so I think that does it for us this week. Um, I, I don't know if we're here next week. Are you seeing Spider Verse? Uh, uh, hopefully, but I don't know when I'm going to be able to see that. Yeah, because I'm going to see Spider-Verse tonight. They're showing it like uh, from like half seven onwards tonight in the UK. So I'm going to go and see that tonight. But yeah, I didn't know what your plans were for that. I want to see it, but I don't know when. 
I'm going to the uh, Disney 100 gig at the O2 on mm. some. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll, 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 we'll we'll be back anyway for a, even if I end up doing an episode again like without you or something. Yeah, the podcast will be there and we'll be doing the podcast together at some point anyway. Like at some uh, point, when when, about... when you know when Taika Waititi's film starts to, to shoot, we'll we'll come back and talk about no, it. No, we're not. I'm not. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's a hard no. <laughs> Crippier with enthusiasm. Like this? Yeah. Crippier with enthusiasm.